Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with Nancy Ross, a California divorce coach and therapist. Thank you for joining us today, Nancy. Oh, good to be here, Tim. So um, I said divorce coach and therapist, but there's a difference between being a divorce coach and being a therapist, right? There is a difference. There are a lot of differences. One of them that comes to mind immediately is the fact that when you're a coach and kind of think of other coaches, you know, sports comes to mind. You're teaching skills. You're teaching adaptive skills, learning. You're getting people ready to engage in some kind of challenging process. And there isn't any more challenging process in life, I think, than divorce. And it it's one that we don't want people to go through alone. So a coach provides that kind of skill, focus, and support. Now, there's specific skills that divorce require. So that's what a coach is focused on, building those skills, giving the person the support to get through a really tough time. But it's very focused on a particular outcome and the skills needed to get through that and come out the other side and, you know, hopefully move on with your lives in a healthy way. How is that different from the role of a therapist? Therapist is more likely. Now, therapy is changing. So as I say this, it, it is changing. Uh, it's becoming a little more like coaching, believe it or not, in many areas. But traditionally in therapy, we give a diagnosis. We're looking at some problem or some interpersonal or intrapersonal challenge that the person can't resolve on their own and they need help. And that can be a mental health, serious mental health issue. It can be an interpersonal issue. It can be a lot of things, but we go into history. It's more paced. It takes whatever time it takes. It doesn't necessarily have a need to complete something. Developing process as it goes along. So in the collaborative process, one of the things that's often said is that while there are therapists or divorce coaches, they don't do therapy. They are really about moving you through that process. Am, am I correct in saying it that way? You're correct. We, strangely enough, though, we are therapists. We are all trained. Uh, we're trained in things like family systems. We're trained in helping in parenting. We're trained in all kinds of divorce issues, communication skills, stress reduction. So we do a lot of the therapeutic work, if you will. Call it therapeutic coaching, if you will, Tim, if you need a name for it. But it isn't therapy. And people can have their therapist and keep their therapist. That they continue on. This is very time limited. We don't continue with them after the divorce. So you've been uh, involved in the collaborative movement uh, since the early days, right? Yes, helped design the model. Yes. So how did the, the role of the therapist slash divorce coach uh, begin to evolve? 
It began to evolve as we worked as a team. There were psychologists, there were lawyers, there were financials, and there were child specialists. There were people who worked only with children. And together we put our heads together and we thought, what is a way we want families to thrive after divorce? What do they need during divorce to become whole? Because people can feel shattered and defeated. Again, it's a very, very traumatic process for many people. When they can have coaching, and that's what we were thinking, we wanted them to have the supports that the court couldn't give them. I went through a divorce myself when I, many years ago, after a very long-term marriage, and Traditionally, I don't think people realize that you're left on your own pretty much. Your lawyer makes the decisions, you're told what to do, and the conflict increases. So our goal in meeting together and creating this model was to make it so different so that people had those choices and the support they needed and the knowledge they needed to make good decisions in their divorce. So in the process of, of beginning to do this, what what did you learn that worked and didn't work? What works is aligning with your client, with a person and understanding their world and working there from there to see what do they need? What do they want? What's important to them? to be able to get through this really harrowing process. And so we serve as guides, we listen, we give skills, we give ideas, we help people, we even challenge them at times because a good coach isn't just gonna go along with things. We want our, our clients to thrive in this and come out better. Yeah, and, and did you find things that didn't work when you were doing this? I think the things that, didn't work as a coach primarily was when we got too involved thinking like the lawyers because we work with lawyers on the team and we wanted to kind of you know get the case finished in a good way on a in a timely way and if you ignore what's going on with your client along the way that doesn't work so i think we've helped the lawyers learn how to really listen, how to pace it, how to really take into consideration where the person is. If you ignore where the person is in this, that's going to be a disaster. So in California, you have a two-coach model involving the divorce coaches. Why the decision to have two coaches instead of a, a single divorce coach? Well, actually, that was one of the arguments we had early on. You asked about our group. I was on the losing end of that argument, believe it or not. I'm a family therapist. I figured I can do this. And it was my colleague, Peggy Thompson, who said, you know, it's really different. When you're doing family therapy, you're bringing people together where they have common goals are going to continue on in the same formation, if you will. When you're doing divorce, they're going off and living different lives. They have different needs and wants and different styles that you're going to have to work with. And they each need their own coach. 
And we found out that was powerful. That is my preference now. So it's hard to admit I was wrong, but I was wrong. So someone who is facing a, a divorce um, uh, and is considering the possibility of choosing the collaborative process, what should they expect when they enter into the collaborative process that would be different from the litigated process or other ways of sort of coming to a resolution on a divorce? I think the first thing they're going to need to do is figure out who they want to work with. From the very beginning, the client gets to choose their the people they want to work with. And those people work together for them on their behalf. There isn't the antagonism. It isn't two separate camps. Everybody that works with the client is going to be looking out for their well-being, for their family's well-being, and at the same time, helping them be the best they can be. So they're going to have to work with their team, schedule meetings. They're going to have one-on-one with their coaches. Now, it sounds unwieldy to have a coach for each one of you and a child specialist to represent the child and two lawyers and a neutral financial. But honestly, we have it so it's very efficient. And you form those relationships first, and then you start into the problem solving as a team. And everyone's a specialist. So if I think about a coach, um, the coach puts together the game plan and the players go out and execute the game plan. Um, do you put together a game plan as the coach? Yes, actually, <laughs> we do. We, we, what we say is a team, the professionals are in charge of the process, but the clients are in charge of their decisions. We really respect their lives and what it may be different than what we think. But really what we're doing is empowering them to go out on that field and play the best game they can and feel good about it at the end. And and the difference here, if I would uh, interpret, is this is not about winners and losers. It's, not, it's quite the contrary. The court system is about winners and losers for sure. No, this is about how can we create a situation or situations where people can really rise to feel they can be the best they can be. It isn't win. It isn't losing. It's really finding. How can I be a better co-parent? How can I parent my children through divorce and understand what they're going through? How can I make financial decisions? And my coach can help me think those through, even though the financial will be doing most of the work there. So how can I think clearly when I'm under stress, when I go out on that field and I feel like I have to perform, I have to win, that's different than in the divorce process. My job as a coach is helping my client feel that they can step up, participate, and do things they had no idea they could do in a way that benefits them, their children, and their family going forward. 
So as we said earlier, you've been involved in this process from uh, the earliest days. Uh, and uh, your granddaughter decided she was going to get involved, but in a different role. Yes, my granddaughter, Carlin, decided to become one of the financial specialists in a divorce. And she is, well, I'm a little biased, but she is amazing. And and it's so, I am, it's one of those things I'm very grateful for, because I get to see this being passed on. Well, I was going to say, and I think that if I understand correctly, for those of you who were the real pioneers in collaborative, the most important thing is to see it beginning to be passed on generationally. Yes, yes, because our everyone who's really attracted and participates in a collaborative process, all the professionals have such high ethical standards, and we're hoping to make a difference for our children, our families, but really for the culture as a whole. We know there's a lot of divisiveness, and maybe it's our way to try and keep that from becoming more extreme or worse. It's our small effort to make that better. Do you have a favorite story to tell about when this process worked really well? I Yes, I, I hope I can come up with one out of a thousand because there's so many, Tim. And I'm thinking of a family where the we often see um, women, mothers coming in, and they're very much afraid. They maybe haven't worked in the workplace for a while. And they've had, even in today's world, a division of labor, particularly, say, in the gray divorce, the older divorce. I have seen, and this isn't just one family, but one comes to mind, where a, a woman came in. She hadn't worked in the workforce for 20 years, and she was really hesitant. She she didn't want to work. She was very dependent, very afraid. And with coaching, and I won't say it was just me. It was, I mean, she had a wonderful lawyer, and and the other team members were very supportive. And we had her talk to a career counselor, and she found that she really always wanted to go into therapy. And it turned out she had the background. She needed to go to graduate school. And the husband was willing to do that. And she did. And she became a therapist. And I'm thinking of another one, too, where one of our own members who is now active and collaborative, and I was her coach. She is now a mover and shaker in the collaborative movement itself. And to me, that that is the most gratifying thing I can imagine to see others succeed. Yeah. So, um, Nancy, I want to thank you for joining us for the Respectful Divorce podcast today. This has been fun. Yeah, it has been, Tim. Thanks for all the questions. I've really enjoyed it. This reminder that Divorce with Respect Week will be March 4th through 8th, 2024. For more information, go to divorcewithrespectweek.com. This is Tim Crouch reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.